The Spectator combines incisive political analysis with books and arts reviews of unrivaled authority. Subscribe today for just £12 and receive a 12-week subscription in print and online, and get a £20 Amazon gift voucher absolutely free. Go to spectator.co.uk slash summer. Hello and welcome to Coffeehouse Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Max Jeffrey, and I'm joined by Fraser Nelson and Katie Bulls. Keir Starmer has said today that he wants a new security agreement with Europe in an attempt to stop illegal migrants coming across the channel. Katie, can you tell us about his grand plan? So there are a few aspects to this. And I think when you look at potential labour weaknesses, obviously it's very easy to say, oh, the Tories are having problems to stop the boats. But I think historically, clearly, migration has been an issue for labour. And there's some interesting polling this week from YouGov, um, WPI, um, which was about what is the new centre ground. And it found that when it comes to where voters think the centre is, Keir Starmer See, there's much more in the centre on the cost of living, on the economy and on lots of very important issues. But the Tories are seen as close to the centre when it comes to stopping the boats and immigration. And some of that is just historic brand. Also, I think probably the fact that Rishi Sunak keeps talking about it, even though he doesn't have so much to point to, is probably just leaning more into that. And therefore, I think Keir Starmer and his team have felt this is an area where it is a potential vulnerability at the next election, and they need to have something to say. So this week is his, uh, you know, what he would do to stop the boats week. And we know that Labour have been previously very critical of the Rwanda scheme. Um, What Keir Starmer is proposing is a, a deal with Europol for a future Labour government to try and stop gangs bringing people across the channel in small boats. Now, part of this would be to make it so that the smuggling gang should be treated on a par with terrorism. I think that is the aspect of Keir Starmer talking tough, hoping people hear it and think, you know, he's taking this very seriously. But then the other part is talking about a potential returns agreement and a returns deal. And you can see by the staging of this meeting, which I know we'll talk about in a bit, with Macron, I think it's trying to say that a Labour government would have better relations with our European neighbours and therefore things like a returns agreement would be more possible and the Tories cannot do that, but Keir Starmer can because he is effectively a grown-up. However... If you were to have a returns policy, I think that it is acknowledged that uh, the UK would have to take some of their share of um, migrants coming to the EU. And therefore, the government today have quickly gone on the attack saying this could lead to the UK taking 100,000 illegal migrants every year. So it's interesting to see how the different papers have covered this, because some have covered it saying you know, Keir Starmer's new deal. Others have said Keir Starmer's opening up you know, the back door to, to a lot more migrants coming over. Fraser, what do you make of the plan? There seems, as Katie says, to be a dichotomy between talking tough, saying he's going to label these smuggling gangs as terrorists, and at the same time also wanting close cooperation with Europe, having some sort of returns agreement. Well, of course, he has to um, show his credentials on here. The polls are overwhelmingly um, showing we alarm people about small boats. Now, he said he's against the Rwanda scheme, but not in principle. He said he just thinks it's a bad value for money, inhumane, etc. But it's not as if he is against taking tough action. He says he wants to them returned as quickly as possible, if it, so, i.e. back to France. Now, good luck to him persuading Macron to take all of those people. And also good luck to him getting um, this done quickly, 
because right now the, the absolutely shameful um, number of people waiting in the system for more than six months is something like 140,000 people waiting a decision. Now, if Labour government can turn that around, I'd be very impressed. But that is the problem. It isn't really finding out um, what, what to do with them once their case has been dismissed. I think it's slightly facile what he's saying, let's treat them like terrorists, let's freeze their assets. I mean, how many of these gangmasters are sitting here with like big bank accounts uh, somewhere you can freeze them? I think he's right to say that if they were terrorists planning an attack, they'd be probably intercepted and taken out pretty quickly. So there are far more levers one can pull. But I think the freezing of the assets isn't really a goer. I'd be amazed if if the um, the gangmasters are registered in any way with the authorities. So it's it, his idea is there to be picked apart. In the same way, for example, he's been saying a few days ago he wanted it to go um, full bore on, on planning, but Labour could build more houses because the Tories uh, were in hock to the NIMBYs and Labour wasn't. But then last night in the House of Lords, Labour defeated the Conservatives over legislation that would have allowed more house building to take place. So when you start to drill down into the Labour proposals, it usually doesn't take long before you find a pretty big obstacle. I think what's interesting about what Keir Starmer's put forward is uh, often the regular criticism of Keir Starmer is, you know, Labour doesn't stand for anything, it doesn't say anything, um, you know, it, you know, captain hindsight type jibes. And this week, I think partly with the the neutral neutrality, so last night, for example, you had Labour decide that they were against uh, the neutral neutrality proposal the Tories put forward, um, which was to relax the rules on that to enable more houses to be built. And because Labour decided to come out against, which I think took some in the Tory party by surprise, they managed to defeat the amendment and the laws and the, and the government not be able to put that plan forward. Now, that is an example of Labour actually finally you know, taking a position that's different than the Tories and going for it. And then similarly, I think with this policy, you can see by the fact that, you know, um, Keir Starmer has suggested he may be willing to accept a quota of migrants in the UK in exchange for a returns deal. That is giving the Tories something they can attack. And you've seen that all of today, Sue Ada Bravman coming out, and, you know, Robert Jenrick saying this could mean 100,000 more illegal migrants coming from Europe each year. So it, it seems to be, you know, coming down to the fact that do, will people think that the Tories have failed so badly when it comes to stopping the boats by the time of the next election that a new approach is required and therefore Keir Starmer can get away with having this, which I think will be keep being thrown at him all the way forward, saying this could be a backdoor because they would say, well, we see all these people coming and not stopping that, so we may as well try that. Or is it something where I think just that sheer number and perhaps uh, the politics of it could be used against Keir Starmer now? Because I think it has worked quite well for him almost not saying very much about these things and just attacking the Tories, whereas this is clearly a sign partly because they are thinking that you know they are going to enter government of finally coming up with a policy which means it's very easy to attack. Fraser by the time of the next election then do you think the government's immigration policy will be seen as a failure they've managed to stop boats from Albania but this Rwanda plan doesn't seem to have really pulled anything off. Well remember they're still appealing that Rwanda plan and uh, even if things go well with them nothing's likely to happen for most of this year so I think we're going to close this year where Rishi Sunak will perhaps have um, 20-30% fewer arrivals in the small boats than last year, but he wouldn't have stopped them by any stretch of the English language. 
but then he might be able to get the Rwanda deportations policy going. And if that were to actually work, then they could change the game quite quickly. In my opinion, I think that once those paying the people smugglers think there's a realistic chance of deportation, even a small, say, 20 or 30% chance, that means they're unlikely to spend all of that money. And remember, we're talking about between $2,000 and $15,000. You're unlikely to spend that money if you think you're going to end up um, deported. We saw that with the Albanians, they used to make up one quarter of all small boat arrivals until Britain agreed a, a deal with Albania, and now we don't see any arrivals from Albania. So I think that has demonstrated the chilling effect that deportation can have. So I haven't given up all hope of the Rwanda plan. I'm a late convert to it. I started off thinking as Kate Andrews does, that it was um, a terrible, inhumane way. But then when you start to look at the inhumanity of the people smuggling, you, you, and also the complete failure of every other mechanism used to try to tackle it, you think, well, the Rwanda deportation um, idea seems to be the only one that will work. Kate and I are going to be having a, um, a head-to-head debate over this next month. Um, she still thinks that I'm, I'm speaking from the blackness of my heart here. I think if... And of course, this comes down to the Supreme Court and then potentially a challenge uh, by the ECHR. Rishi Sunak can get a flight to Rwanda. Then we could have now have an election with two quite competing ideas. And of course, if Rishi Sunak cannot get a flight to Rwanda, then I just think that he's put himself in a corner whereby he's going to come under pressure to say something like, I will leave the ECHR, even though it wouldn't necessarily fix the problem if you look, for example, at the specifics of the Court of Appeal judgment, which said the scheme wasn't lawful. But, uh, you know, the Tory lines are ready to say, you know, Labour want to bring in illegal migrants from the EU. Now, I think if the Tories have nothing to say, that's less effective. But if you do have the scheme functional in its early stages, in a way, might even be better for the Tories, because then they can't say if the, de- um, if the deterrence effect works yet or not. Then it's quite two quite competing visions, and you can start to see how the Rwanda one, I think, could appeal more to those 2019 swing voters that both sides are really trying to compete for. I also think leaving the ECHR isn't quite the fringe cause it was being earlier on. Without wanting to say too much, there'd be a pretty significant intervention in that debate coming in um, the spectator in a few weeks' time. I mean, right now, people assume if you want to leave the ECHR, then the odds are that you're uh, sort of a a right-wing Tory. Uh, But no, there are some serious people in the legal world who are thinking that Strasbourg's um, faults are now themselves an affront to the notion of the Convention of Human Rights, that the Strasbourg Court is no longer delivering on the principles of the Convention, and that the case for leaving and doing these things in Britain is quite strong. Yeah, I was chairing a panel this week with uh, Claire Ainsley, who used to work for Keir Starmer and Nick Timothy on this new YouGov polling about the centre ground. And it was quite, and Nick Timothy, now a Tory candidate, has been quite punchy and quite open about the fact that he thinks you need to leave the ECHR in order to get a grip on small boats and other issues. And he, of course, worked in the Home Office before uh, being Theresa May's Chief of Staff, so there's plenty of experience in this. Um, so I put to the panel and I said, you know, well, do you think then Rishi Sunak should put a referendum on leaving the ECHR in the Tory manifesto? Which, from various conversations, figures has always seemed to be the most likely option he would go for if he's going to do it. And I think what both agreed on was almost saying, you know, a referendum, they thought, was just toxic. Just the word. <laughs> just the word <laughs> referendum, um, to the point that that would, whatever you think of leaving the ECHR or staying in it, they thought referendum was bad enough. Um, so Nick Timothy made the point that actually 
he argues you shouldn't even suggest as a referendum you should just put in the manifesto leave the echr now i think in terms of tory party unity as many things that'd be tricky because you have lots of figures in the tory party who think it it would be a very bad idea to do Mm. so but it did i think suggest to me that what i thought was probably the most likely scenario perhaps because people are so tired of the results of you know the eu referendum very divisive period maybe isn't the way that they would pitch it after all and Katie, lastly, returning back to Keir Starmer, he's planning a high-profile trip to France next week. It's expected to be on Monday or Tuesday, where he's going to meet Emmanuel Macron. Do you think the two will get on? Yeah, I think potentially. I mean, I always thought actually Emmanuel Macron and Boris Johnson had a fair bit in common in terms of, I, I don't think they're lacking in self-confidence as a duo. Um, and although they were very different in some of their views, some of their style, I think what's interesting about the Keir Starmer trip to see Emmanuel Macron is it's being presented as this massive coup, Emmanuel Macron breaking with protocol, uh, you know, is this a snub to the government? And I think Labour clearly doing everything they can at the moment to suggest they are a government in waiting. And you can see that in the way that former international Shadow International Trade Secretary Nick Thomas-Simmons, um, you know, he met with... Biden counterparts and again it was like look we've got these conversations and I think it's worth pointing out that I think Ed Miliband when he was leader met with Hollande also Barack Obama so there is a risk of overreading these things but I think for I think there was a polling earlier this year that suggested and I think this may no longer even be the case that one of the few areas where Rishi Sunak led over Keir Starmer was looking statesmanlike. so I think anything they can do to put themselves in a room with a statesman is clearly strategic and something they think is going to help Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Fraser. And thank you very much for listening.